Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we're already married to beer. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we're reading our Patreon-selected book of the month, Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. And Nate is starting with a beer. This beer is called Kicking and Screaming by Threes Brewing, because in the beginning, Jane is like being abused by like the by the oldest boy in the uh, house that she lives in john 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 dick bag he was like literally like hits her and screams at her and then she has a tantrum and does some kicking and screaming as well and so that's why i got this beer and they dragged us kicking and screaming into reading this book serious they really dragged me sleeping and (laughs) uh talking in my sleep about other things into reading this book because it was like just reading NyQuil, just like, <laughs> just looking at it like, I think I can make it a page, and then it would be two days later. Anyway, this is a Fudra Fermented Pilsner. I feel like we've had that before. There is Almost a chance. certainly. There's it only so many beers. 0.2% alcohol. Child's beer, which they are children. Jane Eyre is uh, Charlotte Bronte's big book, published in 1847 under the name Currer Bell. Courier Bell, something like that. It says Currer on the cover here. Which, you know, they chose a real common name to hide behind. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Currer. Currer. <laughs> Currer. Um, and, uh, and it sucks. Tell us what you thought. <laughs> uh, send us an email. <laughs> Don't guys please see. Um, and it, it came out in 1847. And uh, it is a very important and famous and we're book. the first people to finish it since they finished yeah. it writing Jesus. it. Jesus. <laughs> I don't think... Like Jane, I don't think Charlotte read the whole thing. Like, there's no like she's <laughs> fucking she. They didn't live that long. Any of the Brontes, they all died before they were forty. Yeah, so but maybe from reading these books, with these, <laughs> uh, maybe that's what the 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 meaning of the gypsy woman in the story was, which is a real thing in the story. Sort uh, of not a real thing. It's not a real thing, but there is a gypsy woman in the story telling yeah. fortunes at one point, or you're led to believe. Anyway, I'm giving away the one potentially interesting thing that happens. <laughs> uh, so it starts There's off... the second interesting thing. Well, the first, the first interesting thing is like, is that Ayer? A- Ayer? How do you she's say that Jamaican. word? Yeah, she's Jamaican. Yeah, she's Jamaican. Yeah. So go to... Uh, what was the guy saying? Wigwa Bertrand. Boy. Shaba. So anyway, it starts off, and she's a child, and she's been adopted by her aunt-in-law. Her uncle's... Her uncle and her, her aunt, but her uncle was actually related to her, and then he died because he died of being alive in the 1800s. He read this book. <laughs> <laughs> and so then his aunt, her aunt, who is like the Disney evil stepmother, takes care of her, you know, allegedly, but just, you know, is there with her shitty kids, and they but abuse like, her. They live in a fucking manor with, with you know, servants. a ton of servants, and she has a shitty bratty cousin, John Reed, who is really blows. He is. Yeah. Well, he's, he's a Disney. He's like a Dursley, the Dursley boy. But he is the, could yeah. you say he's the elder child? <laughs> this is. Yes, yes I would. He, he is. And uh, anything, anything but talk about this book. Uh, this is a beer from uh, Unseen Creature. I'm not even sure who makes this. It's Presenting Unseen Creatures, Brewed and Practiced by 12%. In North Haven, Connecticut, it's called Elder Child. Oh, I think this is one of the things where they make somebody else's beer. This is a double dry hop, double IPA that's 8.5% alcohol. And that is fine. 
Um, can I think I think I think this can might have been not stored properly because it kind of tastes shitty. But I'll, I'll I'll give it a good home. And so um, she's an orphan or whatever, and nobody loves her except uh, Bessie, the the nursemaid slash cow, uh, sort of <laughs> loves her a little bit enough to not just tolerate her. her. Um, but it starts off like she gets smacked in the head by the cousin because she like looked at a book or something. And he's like, books are for man, brr, and he beats her. And then they're like, God damn it, kid. Why are you getting beaten in my house? You're getting punished. And they lock her in the red room of pain where her uncle had been laid out. And it's, she thinks, haunted. And when I was reading this, like, is this a fucking ghost book? Is this what this is? And no, no, it's just. No. There are Although go- ghosts there are, are a part of the story, or at least this is foreshadowing to something later. The big thing later. Yeah, when we all die of boredom and become ghosts. So they call a doctor, or they call the apothecary, which is new as much as a doctor back then, which is nothing. So they call the doctor, call the apothecary, and speaks to her. He speaks to her, you know, and she's like, I hate this place and I hate everyone here, which, fair, totally fair. Yeah. Uh, And he says, well, what if you were sent off to school? And she goes, oh, that's a great idea. So he hints to Mrs. Reed and eventually decides to let her go to the shittiest school that's <laughs> ever existed. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a good name for it. It's where Dog they live in Oliver Twist. Yeah, she's at PS1. It's the first one. They haven't figured everything out. You have a lot of kinks to work out. And... It's just, um, it's a one room schoolhouse with 80 girls, all who just sit in, sit I've, in, sit I've along. seen that movie. Uh, <laughs> who just sit on benches and write on slates, and it's like all grades. Well, you also, know. They're, they're 80 orphans. So or just a, even, or, or like semi, or, or semi pro orphans. Like they have one parent <laughs> dead and one parent that's a lush. They're orphaned enough. They round um, up to orphan or yeah. round down, I guess. I don't know. But they're but it's like run by Ebenezer Scrooge because at one point the cooking like staff Ebenezer which, Scrooge the Jesus fanatic yes so they burn their food one day which I don't know how you burn porridge it's like fucking oatmeal like, you can do it you can burn it you, absolutely I guess you could like you just don't stir it, it. <laughs> they, they cooked like, over an open flame so like they just you know you could not control the heat very well at all so so eating burnt horse food. And and even the teacher's like, oh, this is fucked up. I can't expect these orphan children to like function. With everybody's got s- diarrhea and there's no toilets yet. <laughs> so she's like, I will. No children. Special treat: bread and cheese. Like it's like one step away from. It's not like a charcuterie board. They're getting <laughs> like fucking a loaf of old bread and a piece of crumbly like old moldy cheese, and not in like the good blue cheese way moldy. Duh. And the children are like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It was this is so almost delicious. as good as having parents. <laughs> We've never experienced joy before. And then the guy, Mr. Brocklehurst. Uh, Dingleberry. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Brock, uh, Brocklehurst is clearly an old-fashioned term for Dingleberry. Because it hurts. It's, it's, when it, it's when they stick to your balls. Oh, no. <laughs> Testicular Dingleberries. Oh, it's a got Brocklehursts all over the goddamn place. Like those seed the, pods with the spikes on them? <laughs> I think it's the German <laughs> word for dingleberry, actually. Uh, he, he's like, what the fuck is this frivolousness? 
bread and cheese woman? We have to prepare these children to be poor people. <laughs> he, to- he told her, like, we got to give them shitty food so they'll understand that life is just suffering. Meanwhile, his fucking fat, wealthy wife is there just like, it's like, someone carry my extra robes of, you know, ermine or whatever that fucking animal is called. Are you going to finish that cheese? <laughs> <laughs> I smell porridge somewhere. And so everyone is like, man, that guy sucks. And he's like, and then in the process of him being the cheapest cunt alive who's still trying to like get credit for saving people i'm helping them it's like he's running a bum academy he's running (laughs) a child sweatshop where he makes the orphans eat burnt food and sew things (laughs) and then learn middling french and uh and and that's about it drawing and piano Governess skills. He singles out Jane for something. She drops like, her slate while he's talking. Oh, he's like, "Oh, right. that's at you. Come here, little pauper." Because her, because when he was at her house, her aunt was like, "This kid sucks ass," and he's like, "I <laughs> bet she fucking does. Look at her. I know She's just a the place to put her." Ugo. <laughs> They're constantly telling this kid, "Like, well, look at this ugly one. She must suck. She is very plain." Yeah, and so he uh, like singles her out, and then Jane is like, "I've never felt worse. Everyone's gonna hate me now." And then uh, Jane's only friend Helen, who later dies, uh, J- the only kid Whoa. sadder than Jane. <laughs> yeah, the only kid sadder. Uh, Jane uh, Helen says, "No, no, no, no. Everyone hates him. If he had liked you, that would be way worse." And he's like, oh, okay. Which actually leads to, like, the only thing I highlighted. Just the, the thing words Jane the says. End. <laughs> the end of the book. Thank God. Okay, so this has to do with, like, just how the book is written. Is where when Helen, is, who's, like, yeah. a, like, 11. So she goes, she has, like, this whole, like, paragraph explaining why, oh, no, it's okay. If, if people, if he had liked you, it would, everyone would hate you. And she says, he, she says, finishes with... Teachers and pupils may look coldly on you for a day or two, but friendly feelings are concealed in their hearts. Semicolon. If you persevere <laughs> in doing well, she fucking speaks in semicolons. This fucking I mean, child using semicolons. And if you persevere in doing well, these feelings will ere long appear so much the more evidently for their temporary suppression. And I remember be reading this in high school and saying this exact thing. Kids do not speak like that. They yeah. never have. They never will. Like, holy shit. This now is their, like, diatribe about, like, the nature of suffering and how it makes you godly and stuff like that. And it's like, ooh, what children are these? Brainwashed ones. But maybe they go to one of those, like, really good charter schools, you know, where they, <laughs> like, where they give really you burnt good porridge. test data. <laughs> and they it's, kick it's, you out immediately if you can't make it. It's, it's, that's, it's, it's wearing the, the uh, monogrammed polo shirt every day that really does the trick. All the, like, this whole book is written in this, like, very flowery language. Well, she is writing it as an adult. We do know that from the beginning. Yes. Jane it's like when we read fucking, what was it, the book about the, the hooker? Scarlet Letter. When, like, the baby, <laughs> the baby talks like a full-grown person. I was like, you are two. What is happening? And it's like, that's just how they... Goo goo, I verily then. say unto thee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Using thee and thy properly at two? No chance, kid. And even though, like, the adults all speak like that, 
as well in the book. And in fact, all the descriptions are like that in the book. Anyway, so all the d- adults speak like that. And Every it's at least a little bit... same way. It's at least a little bit more believable. Except I was thinking about it. And like, I bet, I bet they didn't really... Even adults didn't really speak like that. Even the landed gentry maybe spoke slightly like that, but probably not. This is just an artifact of... This is how we remember it, but it's because of books like this that we remember that back in the 19th century, everyone spoke in this flowery language. I there were like four characters at the end that all speak phonetic Scottish or something to show that they're stupid. They're, even going back to as early as exists for um, like audio recordings of just like people in impromptu situations, going back to like the 30s and 40s, you could hear people speak then basically the way we speak now. And it's not like they got that much stupider over that century prior as they did from this one. Uh, since then, you know, people speak the way, you know, thoughts come in like f- bursts of words. Maybe in, uh, you know, at a, at a debutante ball, people would have spoken in a more affected way. But yeah, nobody ever fucking spoke like this. They wrote like this because there was no internet porn yet and they had nothing else to do. <laughs> so they're like, I can't, uh, what the fuck else can I do? I guess I'll just learn some stupid words. So... Uh, what he punishes her with is he makes her stand on a stool and no one can talk to her for the rest of the day. <laughs> it's like, that will teach you modesty or some bullshit. There was another time when, when Helen, she had to wear like a headband that said strumpet across the front. Slattern, that's what it was. Strumpet would be like a, like a whore, right? <laughs> yeah, it's because she didn't wash her fingernails or something. She was Helen, Helen was like the fuck. Yeah, she was. She was like butters, just like, oh, I don't know. And she fucked up everything. <laughs> like, she couldn't... Including get, living. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she was the worst at that, it turned out. <laughs> no, she actually made it through most of the plague that they suffered at this school. And that just died of a different one. Well, apparently this is all based on stuff that happened to Charlotte. Bronte in real life, like she it was, was the, the lived in a shitty house family, like this. and like two of her sisters, or a sister and a brother or something, died. Of All a of them died outbreak. before forty. Well, two of them All died of as them. children in a shitty school, and the dad was like, "I guess I take these kids out of this school because there was the a three girls died, and outbreak. the brother Branwell, Branwell, Branwell Bronte, which is like a <laughs> that's a horse. A, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, I, I, yeah, I can see that. Also, I thought it was like the name of a place in England. Oh, heading down to the Bronte. Is he died at like thirty-two? And uh, I think he died uh, the same way John dies in this book. Suicide. <laughs> well, he died basically becomes like an alcoholic, uh, opium addict. Oh well, that's more fun too. Yeah, I think Charlotte made it the oldest. She almost made it to forty, and then she died of basically weak lady pregnancy syndrome. Yeah, she, it's like a real thing, but like. Pregnancy in the 1800s. Yeah, it's it's a sort of thing like you get basically really, really bad morning sickness. And of course, every man in 1857 or whatever was like, pull it together, bitch. And (laughs) and she died. (laughs) And then she died of it. You you have one job on this earth. (laughs) And then she died. Anyway. um, This kind of suffering of both the Brontes and... What the fuck is this kid's name? Jane it's soon Eyre to be Jimmy. And all the no, orphans names. is going to be suffer. I'm going to suffer as well because all the stuff makes you say, "Oi, <laughs> this is." I saw this and I had to get it. I'm sorry to myself primarily. This is Ross Brewing's Oi Stout, an oatmeal stout with oysters and sea salt. Not the first oy- uh, oyster stout we've had on the podcast, believe it or not. But I think it's it been blocked a long the last while. one out. 
has the it lovely flavors of even before you were on. It might it's that long because I remember it's rich chocolate and creamy. That's what you think of when you think of o- oysters. So uh, good luck to me. You know the oyster really doesn't stand out, which I am very thankful for. Or I'm Oy- I don't know. Have you, have you ever eaten oysters? It's a, it's no, a, it's no. A I've a had texture. Them, it's not I've only taste. had them fried because I can pretend they're chicken nuggets that way. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty. Vi- it's just like eating a large booger. <laughs> that's really that what it time. is. But but that's it but I don't thick. pay two dollars a booger when I'm <laughs> getting oysters. <laughs> <laughs> I make mine for free. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like a, it's like a, a wet booger that you put Tabasco <laughs> sauce on. You're like, oh, this is this is great. I can put some Tabasco well, in this. It'd probably make it more interesting. It's okay. It's it's fine. It's a it's it is. It is quite viscous, which that, might I think that be they the captured oyster, oyster <laughs> essence there. The can is heavy. Uh, yeah, what that's the a shell, thing. man? There's little bits of shell. Yeah, you can feel it cutting. Anyway, these beers. Oh yeah, were gifts to us, to ourselves, but also from <laughs> our patrons because they pay us to do this sometimes every month, and and you now, could too, <laughs> and you can too. Patreon slash Patreon.com slash Drunk Guys Book Club, which is where we are. And you get all kinds of stuff that's fun. But the funnest thing... We live in the Matrix. (laughs) It's where we are. It's where we are now. Um, And uh, once a month on these special episodes that patrons get to vote on, which book we read, and they're always fun because they always pick really good stuff. This may have been our worst theme yet, I have to say. We We had to get one Bronte in there. This was we Battle of the Brontes. Read, yeah. And and uh, the, the real one was Brontesaurus, the dinosaur that... Didn't exist. Should have trampled all of them to death. And then, um, so, and on that episode, we get to read out the names of our patrons. So, here's to you, <laughs> patrons. We'd like to thank Thick Richard III, Frederick, Sean, Nora, Beatrice, Maurice, Nin, Courtney, Long Dong John, William... Sophia, David, Derek, Carol, Sarah, Nick, Joseph, Jeff, Yolanda, Hunter, Jennifer. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Uh. (laughs) According to Atlas Obscura, there's a picture of Nate at every dog park in the country. Ignore the wanted part. Uh, Nate has a new podcast about movies. His debut episode covers 101 <laughs> Dalmatians, rating them all from least to most bangable. <laughs> Anita Tolik, Barry, Julian, Philip Dees Holes. <laughs> if there is one thing I've learned is that being the only way to get less pussy than being the bass player is to be in a band is to be the bass player on a book podcast. <laughs> that is objectively true. <laughs> Russell, Grace, Catherine, Colton. Uh, Steven, I just want my dog back, you sick bastard. <laughs> Oliver Holesfield, Joe, Crab, Michael, Daniel, Hayden, Emotional Support Marito, and CL. Oh, man. I thought... I do feel a little bad that they're always about Nate, but they're still really funny. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to run out of dog jokes eventually. I, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> what, before Nate runs out of dogs? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, patrons. And uh, you can join us, patrons, and make us say really horrible stuff to we'll or say about Nate. say almost anything, it turns out. 
And there's also store shit like early access to content, exclusive episodes. I will mail you stuff. We will always do a book you recommend if you're a patron, just eventually. Um, check it out. Back to this turd. Speaking of turds, this orphanage sucks. And then everybody gets typhus and several people Everyone die off screen. Everyone gets typhus. Yeah, a whole bunch of, a p- bunch of girls die, including uh, Helen. But she doesn't die of typhus. She manages to die of tuberculosis instead. Oh, trendsetter, Helen. She just had to be unique. <laughs> she was a unique snowflake. Uh, and then died. She melted. Uh, I mean, and then... The reason they all fucking die has to be because that prick guy... Like, doesn't heat the place properly or feed them enough. So they're just, like, sickly children. There's in definitely, the- like, the worst black mold infestation in the world in there. Oh, yeah. It, it isn't <laughs> typhus they make their one own of those... clothes. <laughs> yeah, isn't typhus one of those, like, you drank the poop water diseases? Yeah, it is. So there's she, she proper sanitation water. I mean, they're shitting in a bucket, probably. But then that's the same as the drinking bucket. <laughs> there's only one bucket. <laughs> Just it's a it's, a, it's a, a really harsh lesson in order of operations. There, there. This orphanage takes place in the same place as 120 Days of Sodom. I'm not sure where in PEMDAS shitting in the bucket and drinking out of the bucket go, but they didn't learn it either because they all get typhus. Well, they also don't learn math because they're girls and they can learn piano, drawing, and French. Let's see causes of typhus sewing and sewing. No, you know what? This is not one of the. Uh, sh- there's a lot of things that get called typhus. But it's not the shitting in a bucket thing. Is that it's cholera? Like, cholera is the shitting in a bucket. <laughs> Drinking your shit bucket water. It's like spread by mice and ticks and fleas. and All these girls you definitely know. had fleas. Oh, yeah. Especially slatteringly Helen, that dirty bitch. She, she, she was a breeding ground. So Just everything <laughs> at the school is almost entirely terrible, except for Miss Temple. Miss Honey. The, yeah, the sweetest, nicest, goodest teacher ever. <laughs> she gives them bread. She teaches during her lunch break, too. <laughs> Clearly doesn't have a union. <laughs> Unions are a tool of the devil, Nate. It's just a way to keep you from suffering like Christ. <laughs> Christ wasn't in a union. Why do you need to be? So eight years go by. So Helen dies, and then eight years go by, and it just says, Everyone died by... <laughs> Put like Jane. Jane finished out. They moved to a nicer, grade. They moved to a nicer place. Also. Yeah, because some somebody finally figured out that this how much of a horror show the whole place was, and made him build a new, uh, a bigger, nicer schoolhouse. That they also still... got new investors, people trying to basically buy uh, indulgences <laughs> paid for a uh, new new building to be made. Yeah, but then so. Uh, Jane is a student there for six years, and after six years of schooling, they're like, you got this. You can be a teacher here now. And so at the age of 16, she is a teacher at the school, 16 to 18. But then at 18, she's like, you know, I've kind of been here for a (laughs) long time. Yeah. (laughs) She hasn't left the school in eight years. That's like most millennials. <laughs> <laughs> doing the Van Wilder tour of college. <laughs> She's a super senior. Yep. So then she kind of decides, like, I kind of want a change of scenery, a change of setting. But it gets the idea to put well, a from put an, an idea fairy uh, from her roommate ads. to, to yeah, like it's... literally put an ad in the 
I thought it was in the newspaper. She said, I thought like, it was from her idea fairy that comes into her head and she gets the idea from herself, but in the form of a fairy. They, it's, it's, they it was some like LGBTQ people, Jimmy. What is going on? Okay, but it was during a conversation with her. Like yeah, roommate. that makes more sense. Maybe I would, uh, you know. I, uh, although she might have come up with the idea, <laughs> she might have come up with the idea to avoid listening to her roommate because she's like, yeah, she <laughs> talked way too much. Um, she puts out an ad, and it's like, if you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain, I'll teach your that, kid. That song was all about personal columns. Yeah, it's about. Do you know the song, Nate? You were alive when the song came out. <laughs> I took I took bass lessons from the guy who played bass on that recording. <laughs> I hope you had pina coladas every lesson. And it I was did. like every single one. And you're like, you know what? They're not I didn't that learn great. Much. They're fine. They're, 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 pretty, they're pretty good. Boom. Boom. Can't drink a lot. It's of not them. really a very good bass line. <laughs> I mean, yeah. A lot of songs don't call for them. He also uh, played with he played with a lot of the village people recordings too. No, well, back to the idea of the, the idea fairy. So she <laughs> puts an ad in the newspaper in a, the local newspaper cuz that's like all I had in the 1840s and it just says if you want a teacher it's the Craigslist of yeah, 1840s. If if you want a teacher send feet pics. Hire me <laughs> and she, <laughs> and she only gets one response. So she she goes down to the she goes down to the post office to pick up her mail and there's like there's only one response and so then she reads it and it says well yes there's a little child here that needs it that needs a governess will you come and she's like it's anything okay great i'll do it so she does and so she gets so she gets to thornfield hall to teach a little girl named adele i'm gonna set fire to the fucking rain (laughs) Uh, so while so she could she, have had it all if she had just <laughs> can't think of any more fucking Adele songs right now. So she gets to Thornfield Hall and like the housekeeper, which is like this big English manor that has, I assume, has all quite a few servants and stuff like that. And the sort of like head housekeeper lady, Miss Fairfax. Uh, is like, oh, okay, yes, we'll set you up here. Oh, no, the mister isn't around. He's not, he, he's, he's off lots of times. He's almost never here. But his ward, Adele, is here for you. And she's uh, mostly speaks French. And there's a lot in this book where Adele just says something in French and it's never translated. And it's just like, you're just expected to know it as the reader. And I knew a little bit of it, but I also didn't care to bother. It was it pretty up, much all it was. bullshit. Didn't matter. She's a kid. Oh yeah, she's a plot device. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, uh, my edition had that shit in English because I guess I got like the the training wheels version of this book mm. with the pictures. No, yeah, and uh, <laughs> many and lithographs, <laughs> fully illustrated. It's the illuminated <laughs> manuscript version of Jane Eyre. <laughs> Now it's the uh, the the hand holding version where it comes with uh, the the French is all translated and it comes with a gun to kill yourself with so you don't actually read the book. <laughs> but so Adele Papillon, blah, 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 whatever fucking stupid name is Varens. Oh yeah, Varens. Which of course, in an English class, you could say that is a ellipse of vast deference. The method which semen gets to the testicles from the testicles to the penis. And it fits because she is- may be Mr. Rochester's child. 
from his seed. And that's he's a why dick. the name means something. And he is a dick. <laughs> and she could be the fruit of his loins. Try that in English class. It might work. It may work. It's a subtle, <laughs> a subtle illusion. It's all about the wordplay. Uh, and, and as the French whores know, it's all about handling the balls. So... She sucks balls. Well, she doesn't, like, not literally. It's not that kind of book, unfortunately. She mentions when they get to the thing and they meet all the characters that don't matter. They, she describes all of them as exceedingly average. I was like, great. That's a good, that's good material for a book. I'm glad everyone in this book is exceedingly average. He put on his shirt, sized extra medium. <laughs> They're all very meh. He's <laughs> like, great. That'll be an entertaining plot to work with. Now, I think exceedingly average is is a is a deep burn. You know, like it, no, was ex- I mean, it sounds like context like is Frazier kind of like would say everyone's fine. They're not dumb and they're not smart. They're all just regular people, and it's like that's well in America fun. being only average is an insult. Both inches. I mean, perhaps not in England at the time. Oh, whatever it is, I don't care. <laughs> so uh, she's at uh, so she's at Thornfield Hall teaching Adele for a couple of months before the Lord of the House comes home, and uh, so it happens in a very strange way. Jane is out for a walk one evening when she sees a you know man on a horse riding by or a centaur or a centaur a <laughs> <laughs> uh, man on a horse dark <laughs> and she and it's when he when the man on the horse gets kind of close he just falls down just like the horse just like collapses i think it was icy or something like that he sees how plain jane is and he goes oh i'm gonna fall over like oh god is that where plain jane comes from i Fuck. doubt it <laughs> so and he just falls over and like he's like oh, uh you know like Falls off his horse. The horse falls down too, and it probably gets his leg crushed under the under the horse, which happened all the time. But uh, and she goes over, is like, "Oh, oh, are you okay?" And like helps him up, and he's like, "Oh, it's just it's just sprained. (laughs) It's just sprained." And then he says, "Now, who are you?" And he's like, "Oh, I live at Thornfield Hall, and I am the governess." He's like, "Oh, the governess," but he doesn't say who he is. He just he asks her in a very like deceptive way, like and and which one is Thornfield Hall? Even though like okay, because I had read it before, I knew who it was. It was the fucking. It was the. It was even if you hadn't read it Mr. before, Mr. Rochester, immediately obvious. <laughs> yeah, it is it, it very obvious. For sure, Edward the Crotch Rochester <laughs> shows up <laughs> and instant like very quickly she's into him, and this is where my stupid beer comes in. She's like, I really want to. I really want to know more about that guy. I kind of really want to see his spicy pickle monster. <laughs> <laughs> this beer is called Spicy Pickle Monster. <laughs> Are you proud of me, Jimmy? It is a I am very. It is a from Prairie Artisan Ales. It is a sour ale with spicy dill pickles, orange, lemon, and lime. I'll be honest with you, I don't expect anything from this. Uh, but I could not not get this. There was no like there was no way to not like that that was the first thing I grabbed. Like everything else could wait. Oh my god, it really is just spicy. smelling it. It's the smell is very pickly, which is surprising. Oh dear God. Uh it is so weird. It's like I it's like doing a pickleback. Uh, it's like a like I drank a beer 
and then quickly washed it down with pickle juice. That's I so don't hate it. I don't hate this like I thought I would. A huge amount of though. It's only a little baby can. That's it's still a, a lot of pickle juice. It's a regular size can, but in, ter- in pickle terms, that is a lot of can. And she wants to put a spicy pickle monster in her can, so <laughs> I think uh, I think I won this episode. So, um, Mr. Rochester. So even though you just said all that, this, <laughs> even though this book is about, is really, it's the romance between Jane and Rochester. That's like the main part of the book. There is no sex. There's no talk about sex. They just like, they're like, oh, we love each other so much. And a few times. It's about marriage. And it's like, and the, she sits and, on his lap. And, but there's no sex because That's it was the 1840s. Sex. And it yeah. was the most like sexually repressed culture that's ever existed except like korea today is that right they don't have the sex over there they don't just they just like watch squid game movies like you can't even show people like kissing that's how babies are made uh i think this was probably still worse but yeah probably (laughs) it um there's like no sex in it at all they don't even talk about they don't even like it's not even referred to it's like People get married, and it's like they still sleep in separate beds. It's like, it's I like Love Lucy. Dick, it's like the Dick Van Dyke show. He has numerous mistresses, he's revealed later, but he just talks about how he, like, sets them up with jobs. Hand and jobs. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a job. It's a living. So it turns out the man on the horse was the lord of the house, Mr. Rochester. Nate, you're wrong. They do, they do mention sex at one point, or they mention, his, they mention something physical about him. Because they mentioned his massive head. <laughs> <laughs> they keep talking about the size of this man's head. And it must have been showing through those pants for them to keep bringing it up. Like a hammer. That must have been it. You're right, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Bring that up in English class. <laughs> it looks like he had a... Sw- talking about his massive head? It looks like he had a swollen knee. It was just this. And he, he asks her, like when he's like flirting with her, he's like, criticize me. Does my forehead not please you? And by that he means, of course... Foreskin, because it was the olden times. Uh, he, again, he, uh, it's an elision. He, foreskin and the head of his dick, forehead. Yeah. It just they combine it to one thing. This is the only place in the book where they try to say things in as few words as possible. Yeah, everything else is, you know, sixteen times too long. Unless you know they're saving the energy for Nate. Come on, the, we talked about this before. This is obviously what's happening. <laughs> So, uh, Jane continues to be the governess, but Mr. Rochester is clearly very interested in her, but they still speak in the stupidest ways possible. But then there's this other weird thing that's going on, whereas in the, in the middle of the night, Jane will hear oh. these like weird noises. I'm just looking at Mike's face. I took another sip of the sip pickle of beer. <laughs> Oh, it's really like, like, forgot what happened the first time. <laughs> it's it's a I paid for it. It's like eight bucks. I can't just throw this out. This That's the patron's money. I can't just waste it. So uh and she seems like a weird noise in the night, and then in the morning, Miss Fairfax is like, Oh, that's the maid named Grace Poole. She just makes weird noises sometimes. And she Jane, had a lot of Jane beans. is like and jane is like uh okay and then one time and then when rochester is back and he's staying there jane wakes up and there's clearly she smells smoke and there she hears noises and there's smoke and clearly there's a fire a fire has been lit in the curt the curtains in mr rochester's room and so jane like 
can't wake him up, but then throws water over the curtains and over him and he wakes up and he's like what the fuck why am i all wet and then but he's like i'm here and she's like why am i all wet (laughs) (laughs) oh right his big head massive and then but then after why they call you the crotch (laughs) and jane is like but jane is like what the? F- How did the curtains get on fire? And he Foster was, Rochester goes, "Oh, it must be that Grace Pool. You know how she likes to drink." Uh, and then, and then Jane is like, "Well, are you going to do anything about that?" He's like, "No, no, it's fine. Don't it's worry about it." It's definitely not that I was jerking it hard enough to create that kind of friction to cause that flame. You, I need to be alone and think about this. Take the kindling with you. I uh, leave me those. Daguerreotypes of titties over there, though. I need them. <laughs> Hadn't oh, been Washington. invented yet. Uh, uh, well, when the book came out, close, right? I don't know. I, I don't think so. This is the but the first time in this book uh, where everyone fucks up, and if they had just not fucked up in this particular way, the entire plot would be different. Because no one ever in this book so just fucking makes sure it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use it later, but I want to drink it now. This is Make Sure It's Dead from Abomination and Bricks City. That's a fucking Which is what uh, several people have been shitting in their pants uh, once they hear voices at night. Brick City. Oh, my God. Ooh. Smoothie style, they, they fucking mean it. This thing is... This is thicker than Mr. Rochester's massive head. Soursop, <laughs> Karuba, and pink guava. Okay. Those were all, of course, ingredients in the original draft of the Pina Colada song. Uh, the long-lost fourth verse where they tried to make their own new cocktail together. It's good. It's much better than the oyster beer. I can feel my teeth rotting, though. So he's like, ignore the fact that um, my room caught on fire. Let's just move on with our lives. And she's like, cool, yeah, I can work with that. Not weird at all. Don't worry and about then, it. These things happen. <laughs> yeah, and then... More time goes by, a couple more months, and she and Rochester are clearly interested, uh, still very interested in each other. But Rochester also, because he's this is English, you know, high society, has to go and basically hang out with other rich people and then sometimes invite other rich people to stay with him. There are all these, like, rich people that stay with all their... Um, with all of their servants Sleepovers And they're all like so annoying <laughs> They just talk about boys all night <laughs> To each other's <laughs> nails <laughs> And one of them uh, one, uh, And some of them They're like oh look at that Plain ugly woman The governess over there Like wow she can hear them It's like they're, they're like absolutely they're not people. the worst Though several times they describe Mr. Rochester and it's never good even through when Jane is grabbing, I wrote this down. She says, "Most true is that is it that beauty is in the eye of the gazer, which is a gay laser, of course." <laughs> My master's colorless <laughs> olive face. <laughs> Naturally, yeah, of course. <laughs> 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 My master's colorless olive face, which is a color, square, massive brow, broad and jetty eyebrows, deep eyes, strong features, firm, grim mouth. It's like, that doesn't sound great. And he'll also refer to him as like a, like a dark gnome with his weird head. It's like, what 
the fuck? Why does anyone want to bang this dude? Uh, money. He doesn't seem to be like that rich in the high society people. Definitely compared to Jane, who is an orphan. But She's making 30 pounds a year, dude. Oh, she's going to get 30 pounds a year. Of dick? <laughs> <laughs> Massive head, yeah. <laughs> so they're like so just mean to her. And it's clearly one of them, one of the other like rich ladies is the one that Rochester is going to marry. Miss Ingram. Yes. But she's all she's maybe not the most annoying one, but she's still pretty annoying. And Jane is so sad. And then they go away. Time passes. And then Mr. Oh, Rochester. While they're there is when the gypsy shows up, Nate. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> When everyone says, oh. No sleepover is complete without that. A traveling gypsy. one of the servants comes up to Jane and says, "Uh, all of the other guests have spoken to the gypsy fortune teller. Their words. A gypsy fortune teller. The gypsy only wanted to talk to the young single ladies. Yes. uh, And and she's spoken to all of them except for you. Won't you go? And she's like, oh, Okay, I guess. So she goes and talks to the fortune teller, and it just goes on and on and on. I'm like, ah, this is so fucking stupid. That's what the book does, dude. (laughs) And then, but the fortune teller is like, oh, you will marry a young prince or something stupid like that. I really wasn't paying attention. But then afterward, it's like, it was actually Mr. Rochester Dressed as a gypsy and speaking in falsetto. <laughs> like The gypsy tells her that like you want something, but you're not going to go for it. Because he's trying to like neg her into marrying him. Well, like, by, by the way, it was me the whole time. Like, what's the, How did you expect this con to work, dude? I think you know, this is where um, the English class thing is like, well, it's all about class. And you know, neither of them are supposed to be together, but their love is... Much more real than that gypsy is. Which I have a real question about, <laughs> because they never have a reason to be in love. Ever. He mentioned the head. <laughs> well, besides the head, of course. You know what they say about guys with big heads. <laughs> Exceptionally large hats. That's right. No pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Small pinkies. Uh, so <laughs> it does, it's, I mean, it's stupid as hell, but it's like he's just like... Realistically, like the real the real life version of this would be like he's a rich, powerful man. Even if he's not really that rich, he's much more rich and powerful than she is. She is the governess living on their own. He would have just been like, "I'm fucking you now," and she'd be like, "Oh no," or like legitimately, or, like, oh, "Oh no." Yes. <laughs> but like, like, I don't really want to do that. Like, I don't fucking care. I'm a rich, powerful man. Shut the fuck up. And then that's what would have happened in real life. Like, yeah, hundred percent. The idea that he's like, let me like concoct a scheme and like trick you into loving me. Like it's a romantic comedy from 1986. (laughs) Yeah. Why did he pretend to be a gypsy man? (laughs) Well, he's slowly trying to ease her into his collection of kinks. He's like, I can't can't start off with the furry thing. I gotta gotta (laughs) ease it in. By the way, how do you feel about feet? (laughs) (laughs) I'm also a little bit into being cucked. Uh. So they uh Will you shit on me? Uh so <laughs> So they they more time so the the all the guests go away and then more time passes and Jane, you know, has a conversation with Rochester and says something like 
when you get married, you should send Adele to school and send me away. I can't. I couldn't bear to live here with you, here with another woman, basically. And and he says, yes, you should. I suppose you should be sent away, but only for one page. Only for one page. But all, <laughs> he says something really weird on that page, which is, oh, I know this family in Ireland that would really like you. That would that would that that you would be good for. It's really you will. It's really nice in Ireland. You would really love it. There is no food in Ireland at this time. It is oh God, the eighteen forties. The <laughs> there is no food, and he's like, it's like, oh, you will love Ireland. Well, the family she works for would probably have food because they were probably English. Though the book does take place earlier than this. The book takes place in like eighteen ten. There was another famine back then too. It was. It was. It was just all of Ireland is <laughs> under British rule. Yeah. So for about a day. Wedding. Um, for about for no, for about a page or two, uh, what, for about four minutes. Yeah, <laughs> Rochester's like, yes, I suppose when I marry that that woman, you'll have to go away. And he's like, no, no, fuck that. I'm gonna marry you. Will you marry me? He's like, what? Really? Oh my god. Uh, okay. And so she agrees to marry him. It's like, oh, everything is so great. And then they go into the house, and she tells Mrs. Fairfax, the housekeeper lady. Oh, uh, I'm I'm going to marry Miss Mr. Rochester, and she's like, "Oh, uh, really? <laughs> okay, take uh, a number. Have you seen the size of his head? <laughs> and it's and like an orange on a toothpick. <laughs> and it's kind of, or at least you know, you're you're meant to think at the time if you don't know what actually happens. You're meant to think that Miss Fairfax is just like, oh, you're the common girl he's marrying, and she's jealous. But actually, that's not the reason why she's like, ooh, really? You're marrying him? That's it's also not the reason. It's also a big thing because that's what happened to Jane's parents. Was Jane's mother was a fancy lady who married a like a poor clergyman or the other way around? I think. Someone of them was poor. Yeah, because her mother was the one whose brother was the rich family he lived, she lived with. And she married a poor guy, and her whole family was like, ugh, married a commoner. Disgusting. And then they both died because it's a sin to marry a commoner. Well, that's true. Um, and so uh, Rochester's like, okay, in a month, we're going ha- to get married. We're going to have the wedding in a month. That's not even enough time to do seating arrangements. I want to get the RSVPs back. <laughs> And so, like, a month goes by, and then they're, like, you know, it's the morning, and she, like, puts on the dress, and it's like, oh, it looks so beautiful. And then they go to the... Oh, actually, one other thing happens. One one other thing happens before that, which is when the guests are staying there, a man named Mason comes to stay. And he's... (laughs) And when he... And in the middle of the night, there's, like, screaming and shouting, and... The crazy Grace Poole has come in and cut him, like, or more like he's like bleeding profusely from this like huge cut from huge like stab wound or something. Stabbed and, and bit him. And, He'll yeah, be fine. Bite, that's right. He was bitten, and they get the surgeon. So Ro- uh, Rochester has to go in the middle of the night to into the to, like village to like get the doctor, which is of course surgeon, not actually a doctor. doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Not actually a dog. No, just shoot him. Want <laughs> <laughs> well, to put more shoes on him? <laughs> and they bring him back, and he's like, and the, and the doctor is like, he has bite marks. 
and clear but, but he's like, you can't speak of this. And but Wolf Rochester says, like, do not speak to Jane. Jane will stay here with you to make sure you don't die. But do not speak with her. Do not tell her anything. That's not suspicious at all. And so, oh, he does like get him like stitched up and like send him away. He probably died of gangrene. Not until after minutes. the wedding, though. Yeah, he didn't actually. He didn't die. But he's, he's back. He's back soon, so he'll die. Right. I after mean, there's that. like so it takes much a while bacteria. And when you're oh no, bite wound. He's a yeah. really good horse doctor. He put he put like several sugar cubes into his mouth <laughs> <laughs> and an apple. Here he gets a good boy. Um, we did skip. It actually does happen around here because I'm cheating and looking at what happened because I fucking don't care. Uh, that she does go back to visit her shitty aunt. Well, she gets a visitor comes to the house. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, I think it's Bessie, the cow slash. Um, housekeeper <laughs> She's like You need to move And she's like Hey uh, Since you left A lot has happened Sorry the I didn't come see you are high <laughs> <laughs> uh, That The douchebag it's kid utterly he's, terrible he's, What happened <laughs> She's really Really milking this For sympathy um, It's a bunch of bullshit <laughs> Holstein uh, so Come on the, Nate the, 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 sh- the shitty kid is dead he died of being a dickhead. Um, he he killed himself because his mommy stopped paying for everything for him because he was such and a he, piece he was, of yeah. shit. And she was like, dude, get it together. And now she's dying of She should have tanned his sadness. hide. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Like, no, leather dye. Um, He's like, my mom's going to have a cow. <laughs> no? So she's like, she wants to see you. And she says, okay, I'll go see the bitch. And so she goes. He's like, I'll be back in a few days because traveling takes forever. She's six blocks away. I'll be right back. And she's but gone it for takes a month. A month. <laughs> because she, her aunt takes like two weeks to like wake up out of her fever dream to say, I hated you. You were always a shit kid. <laughs> Jane had beef with her, so she had to go back <laughs> and see her. She's like, I don't know how I steered you wrong. <laughs> you were never one of the herd. <laughs> You were branded bad from the get-go. So I'm going to put you out to pasture, bitch. Um, I can't think of any more cow puns right now, but they're going to come to me, and it's not... He was like, my husband made him made me take care of you, even though I wished you were dead of SIDS. It was, um, it was a case of bovine intervention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, she says like I always hated you, but oh hey, this weird thing happened where this man came to vi- came to visit and said, D- "Is Jane Eyre here? I'm her uncle, and I told him you were dead. Sorry, but gotcha, not, I'm not actually sorry. <laughs> but just so you know, for later in the plot, there's a, you had an uncle who went to the who is probably worth a lot of money, he's but he's looking merchant. for you." But when he, he couldn't invented, find you, he went off to the West Indies. He invented Madeira chicken. But also, um, throughout the whole <laughs> that a chicken? first part of the book, Madeira's a wine. And wine. Uh, yeah, maybe that. Or maybe you just cook it in the you wine. Can, it's you also can that, cook the um, chicken in the wine. It's that... Um, can be done. Tyler Perry <laughs> character, <laughs> Madeira. Trust me, it can be done. <laughs> but he... Uh, Jane Eyre... Like, everyone was constantly like, Jane Eyre, like, are your family, is your family a piece of shit? And the aunt was like, yeah, they're fucking garbage. They're poor people. Ew. And then you find that out. That is not Irie. Is, 
that is me no go on speak of them <laughs> <And then. laughs> so she's like hey your uncle thinks you're dead and you can never find him because this is the 1810s and that's it and uh i hate you and jane's like i forgive you for being a shitty bitch and she's like, I'd rather fucking die. And so she goes, Ugh, and dies. <laughs> <laughs> and then it takes a long time to organize the funeral because they couldn't do what Jane wanted, which was to throw that bitch on the side of a road. <laughs> so they have to have a... It takes her, like, she's gone for weeks. And then uh, she has uh, the other... I guess there were Jane like wanted cousins. to watch her rot. <laughs> <laughs> the other cousins, like there was like Georgiana the, the or something like that. two simple girls. And, um, Emily. One talked to her bird all day, and the other one uh, sat in silence. That's what good girls are supposed to do in the of the landed gentry. Just wait until a man marries you. The bird talking thing is a little weird. She was cuckoo. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so then she eventually, then she returns, and then it's when Mister Rochester's like, "Hey, you want to get married?" And that's that's where that happens. But then now they're fucking. We're there, I guess. They're gonna have the marriage. Oh, the. He gives her his, her gift, for his gift to her for the wedding, which, like, man, times have changed. Diamond butt plug. <laughs> it's a vacuum cleaner. You'll need it in our new home. Now, he gets her uh, the veil for her dress. Like, dude, that's, like, part of the thing. You can't... It's like, if I... She's only going to wear that once. It's like, a, it's just like a major component of the wedding. It's, like, one step away from, like, hey, for your wedding, our gift, I paid for the invitations. Like, that's a really not <laughs> a very good gift. But well, she, when she's the poor girl, anything's cool. But of course, then in the middle of the night, a fucking a German vampire attacks. <laughs> <laughs> and then again, you're like, "Is this a scary story?" It's not. It's. I thought. I thought she was having a dream. No, no, it was, it was, that would have been fun to bar. And it was just some some man in her closet ripping her shit up. And then uh, Mr. Rogers is like, "Ah, oh, it's that that shitty drunk servant I have that I keep on the payroll for no reason." But don't ask me any questions about it. And then he says, he's like, I'll tell you all about that in a year. Is that when this happens? Like, after we're married for a year, I'll tell you all the good stuff. Something shit like that. And then she's like, Which that is, seems great re- to know. You know. Not suspicious at all. That seems perfectly reasonable. Why a year and a day? Is that have anything to, like, maybe that was a legal thing? I don't know. That's when the, uh, the prenup kicks in. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no backsies after one year and one day. <laughs> and then uh, they go to the wedding. And that Mr. Mason, who has one just festering wound on his arm, stands up when the... Well, uh, he's turning into a vampire. From so the, he's, the a, he's, priest, he's a werewolf. <laughs> the priest asks, now, is there anyone who has a reason why this wedding shouldn't happen? Which, and in the only time that's ever occurred, someone goes, yes, yes, I object. You cannot do this. And it's... <laughs> Mr. Mason, he says, "This you cannot marry this man because he is already married to my sister, and she is still alive, and, she has and she's locked up in the attic of your house." And and Rochester's like, "Listen, I can explain." He doesn't even. <laughs> he does. And instead of hey, like, who has who the fuck that? let this guy in here? Like, yeah, get out of here! Like, no, no, just him. keep going on with the ceremony. But no, it turns out like he can't, and then. A later Rochester explains, like the you know later that night, you know, because they like oh call off the wedding. The wedding's not happening today. Everybody go home. Um, I already and, paid for the dinner. <laughs> yeah, people. You could imagine some people taking. Like, I'm taking my gift back. Fucking. <laughs> 
They don't need this uh, salad spinner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then he explains that when he was much younger... And in the West Indies, he like his his family, hers, his family found a match for him with this other rich family, and it, like they he they went and like you know basically it was arranged not quite arranged marriage, but it was like you're gonna marry this other rich person, and then turns out she was cra- she turned crazy or more like she yeah she was hot but well, she had she a history t- of family mental illness that they hid from him. So they could get the dowry, I guess. Because she was wealth, she was an heiress. Yeah, but then he finds out that like her mother died, and her brother was a goat. mother was in an asylum. Yeah, and then her father was a a goat fucker, and I don't know if that is something. It wasn't far <laughs> off. And then there's like a great great uncle with nine toes on one foot. Um, <laughs> but he married her there in in the Caribbean, and. Uh, He's like, why you go on do this to me? And then, well, <laughs> 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 oh God, brethren. And then they, uh, you're Jamaican me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, what am I going to do? So instead of like, I don't know, getting divorced or anything logical, he's like, I know, let's lock her in the oh. attic. Yeah, I'll bring her back to England and lock her in the I'm attic. Gonna this bitch. Her here, I'm going to put her in the attic she's... and just hide her there. She's clearly, like, nonverbal at this point. Just, like, leave. She's just, like, naked eating her own feces. Like, they also mention several times, like, th- th- after this happens, you know, they they go to, like, see her, this woman he has in a cage in his attic, <laughs> who's being cared for by Grace Poole, the alcoholic. Munching on a turd, um, like, the person but yeah, in the... But they keep mentioning, like, look at her. She's crazy, and she, also, she is fat. And it's never clear... She's like, her mother was a Creole. It's like, I don't think he meant she's from New Orleans. But is she probably mixed a, race? Uh, but that was also... I think her her mother may have been. But that's I also just that's like a means. general term that was sometimes used for any person born there. Like, it's it, it, it's not it's not clear. Because, like, he's a man of, like, means. Like, why would he ever even marry? I don't know. It's weird. It never makes it clear. Money. Who knows? All that knows is that she's crazy. Like, literally, like comically insane and also is fat and she is very violent and tries to set him on fire a few times that will come back later so jane is very sad and says i'm sorry i cannot marry you and Which he is says something like he says something like we could just pretend and just do it anyway actually so he basically France, says we could still there. we could get the tip in <laughs> We could we could kind of do it, right? And she's like, "No, definitely not. Sorry." And so she she basically like but leaves in the middle, practically in the middle of the night with nothing, and just uh, goes to like a village or gets a ride somewhere. I forget a one where. horse town, and it was stupid. And then she's like <laughs> starving <was> <laughs> and destitute. I mean, a lot of it. That's that's true for every part of the book. Yeah. Sorry, I'm being redundant. No, uh, no. It's, and then uh, she's true. like starving and destitute for. Only a couple days. But for a couple days, she's like, will you give me that piece of bread? Or even like somebody was going to throw out some porridge and it's out the back of their door. And she's like, can I have that? (laughs) Are you going to finish that? And then it's like, uh, but she manages to like literally knock on a door asking like for like, do you have any work? And of course nobody does, but uh, do you have any work? And then they decide to like take her in. Because she looks nice, I guess. Because she's wearing what is somewhat of a fancy dress. 
and it clearly speaks in not a, you know, poor accent because she actually has had some schooling. And so they, like, take her in and then, like, kind of nurse her back to health, give her some food, and then it's like, oh, you were a governess. She doesn't tell them the real name, her real name or all the stuff with Rochester or anything about that. She's like, I just, it is my secret. I will not tell you. So she doesn't. And then they're, event, they're like, oh, okay, well, there's actually this school that we're, that's like closed because we, we don't have a teacher. Will you go do that? She's like, yes, I'll, I'll totally go do that. So then she becomes the teacher at the school. And there's like so, this second part of the book takes so long. Oh, my God. Uh, so she's the teacher at the school. And then she, and then the, the dude, the, like because it's like the family. His name is St. John. St. John Rivers. St. John Rivers. And so they speak and then, uh, so they like talked to her for a while. Uh, and then he arrives at the school like, oh, is the school okay? Oh, by the way, we got this letter say asking if anyone knows what happened to this woman named Jane Eyre. And she's like, oh, yeah, I don't know anything about that. And he's like, well, turns out Jane Eyre, this is not about the crazy man, this is actually about you just inherited a ton of money. The Jane Eyre inherited a ton of money, and we're looking for her, and her story matches yours exactly. It's like, oh, yes, yes, it is me. Oh, and it's, so she turns out that uncle who uh, that was looking for her before went and died and <laughs> left her 20,000 pounds, which... Would be the equivalent of about two million dollars. It's a trillion today. dollars back then. It would yeah. make her worth three Earths at this time because money is stupid. Like I, I just don't. Under, like, why do they even have a pound as a unit of currency? If when it's like a pound is a hundred dollars, what like a, when a pound is, is a month's a income for a person. When she was a teacher at the school, she made fifteen pounds a year. So she makes a little over a pound a month. What could she have purchased with that? Like, it's a ridiculous system. Like, but I know this is also like pre-decimal, so they had like four trillion shillings to a pound and pence and all sorts of nonsense. But it makes her really, really, really rich. And uh, also, they're like, my name is also Air. I'm St. John Air Rivers. Your uncle was my uncle, too. Just like John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, we were hoping to get a taste of that. And she's like, yeah, I guess so. You know, she willingly says, like, I'm going to give it, I'm going to split it all between you. And they're like, you don't really have to do that. Like, I'm going to give it you the money. He's like, no, nah, you're really, you're just excited right now. Don't worry about it. Uh, you're going to, you're just going to give it, you can keep it. It's like, no, I'm going to give you the fucking money. It's like, please, like, chill out, lady. I don't want your money. He's like, I'm going to give you this goddamn money. He's like, okay, fine. Twist my also, arm. Also, cousins. And she's like, I'm so happy to have a family because I'm an orphan. I never had a family. And then my last boss tried to fuck me and he had a crazy lady in the, in the attic. And now I'm here and I'm happy to have a family. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. And this, once I give you the money, the second thing I'll do as a rich person is dig up that dead cunt aunt of mine and start kicking her right in the box. <laughs> <laughs> and the second thing he's going to do is be like, how do you feel about learning Hindustani? And you come to (laughs) India with me as my wife. And he's like, hey, you know, that's not a great idea. And no one at the point mentions, like, we just found out we're cousins. That's not a a no for it. I know back then. Keep it in the family, man. That's how you consolidate the the wealth. It's like, better fuck that. 
Now that I know that she's like rich cousin pussy. Yeah. So he's going to be a he, he's a missionary. He wants to go to India and convert people to Christianity. And, and take her missionary. She is, of course. There's a lot about God in the whole book. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. Sorry. And take her in missionary as well. <laughs> uh, and then, that was so the only position allowed in Victorian England. Was yes. Anything else is a sin. Very, very boring sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, anyways, he's <laughs> I can't even say it. Um, there's a lot about God in the whole book, which I did not even pay attention to. It's mostly about how uh, you have to do whatever you got to do, and suffering is fine, and you know, just fucking bear, like bite down and take it, bitch. Life sucks, but God like is Jesus. nice. Uh, yeah. So. Anyway, so he's like, well, you're so very pious and smart, and I want you to be the, and I want you to come with me to India to help me be a missionary, but you're going to have to marry me. And she's like, no, I'll go with you, but I'm I'm not going to marry you because you don't love me because he loves some other woman that won't marry him. He likes you know, the rich duty. lady who is the patron of their orphanage schools. And she's like, no, I'm not going to marry you. And he's like, no, no, no. You, if you go there with me, you have to marry me. It's like, oh, okay. And he, what he says is like, I can't travel with a young woman that's not my sister. Like, that's like everyone oh, is going to think. About your cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't travel with my sister, but I can travel with my fuck cousin. That's cool. <laughs> and she it's is. It's a long a, trip. <laughs> and, and, it's, and Jane is adamant, like, no, I will not marry you. And then she has a dream, like, oh, but I still love Rochester. And so she decides to hire a carriage or a coach and go back to... She hears his him shouting out her name in the night in her dreams. Yeah. As he faps. And... <laughs> Then she goes. Well, it turns out he's going to have a lot of hard time with that. She wants his hard time, though. Yeah. And they go back to find that Thornfield Hall, or the fuck it's called, or probably, you know, it's a British word. It's like Tunfin. Uh, is burnt down. Burnt down. And they talk about how Mr. Rochester ran back inside to pull out all the servants one by one himself, because they're apparently all too stupid to leave the burning house. They are, <laughs> so they are the servant in. class. See, and fire then, drills were not required at that time. They OSHA didn't know what to horrified. do. They had never trained or practiced. They didn't know how to get out of the building. But a rich man told them how to do it. So they lived. And then he goes back in to save his wife, who had, of course, set the he fire. He balanced them all on his giant head <laughs> to carry them out. And, and so they talk about how they could see her, his crazy, noticeably fat wife, <laughs> on the roof. <laughs> Well, the flames were around, and then she jumps off the roof and goes, plop, because she is fat. They mention <laughs> the fatness, uh, well, like, a lot. I don't know why. Can, can you just think maybe for a second? This is, you know, 200 years ago. People are thinner because they can't afford to be fat, frankly. She's potentially Creole. Maybe she just had a badonkadonk. Like, she's, maybe she just had, like, a figure that <laughs> British people couldn't even understand. They're like, she's what? thick. How many C's do I put in that word? <laughs> she, I've never seen that much ass on a mule. Thou art robust. <laughs> that is a rear that will not quit. <laughs> Let it be told, verily unto thee, that, that, that <laughs> those hind quarters would make a Clydesdale envious. <laughs> My lady has posterior. Nate, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you think? Is, is this theory, is this whole water? Is it? Actually, earlier in the book, uh, when they're describing 
Bess. Bessie. Yes. Oh no, uh, she's she is described as having a she's robust stout. countenance or something like yeah. that. And it was like, oh, she's, she's fat. She got girthy face. Also, Though really, that was, few people were few people were fat back then. Like almost no one got enough to eat. So it's just it the was cheese very lady, rare. The the cheese lady from the orphanage, Bessie, and the wife whose name is actually Bertha. Yeah. Well, robust countenance was the original form of butterface. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> and Big Bertha. Oh, that's why she they keep talking about her her heft. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so he, she arrives. So everybody. Rochester yeah. is. And it's, blind. She falls out of the flame building and splatters, and it causes a grease fire that makes <laughs> the entire building burn down. I tried to put it out with water; it didn't work. <laughs> so Rochester heroically gets everyone else out of the building except his wife. Oops, <laughs> that was the one thing holding him back. Now, notice, like How he's convenient. been publicly exposed. And he still keeps her in the attic, like locked. I was like, ah, well, fuck it up. She still is apparently violently insane. But you know, it's it's not really clear. Did she, was she really that crazy? And when he locked her up, or did he lock her up and she went crazy? I mean, <laughs> if the book is to be believed, which is all we have to go on, she went crazy while they were still in the West Indies, and he like brought her back and just said, "I'll just keep her in the attic, like a." Like a Tamagotchi, I check on once in a while. <laughs> there should someone should write the you know the Jane Eyre from the perspective of Bertha, and it's just like three pages of patois, nom nom nom, and then turd. just four hundred pages <laughs> smeared with shit, just like just and just that's the whole thing. Bites taken out of pages and stuff. She goes like full feral child, so I don't know what she has or if it's anything real. It's just, you know, 1810. She just, she just had a really uh, bad period and he was like, fuck it. Gone. Can't chance it again. The bears are roving. And then he put her in the attic. And and notice like nobody else was ever like, hey man, that wasn't cool. They're just like, I guess you just can't get married. Like nobody cared. <laughs> nobody was, was like, that's not right, man. Even her brother. And he was just like, just you can't just, you just can't have a second wife. You can, you can keep her, her in exactly cage. in the exactly <laughs> as it is. Just like don't have another wife. I don't want you to have fun. Even though he could fuck all the whores you want. So we did. We skipped over him recounting all of his uh, mistresses from his hoes in different area codes uh, <laughs> across Europe, and how he got Adele in the first place, which was he was sugar daddying some French opera singer, and then she was banging some other dude, so he left, and then. And then she found another guy and said, oh, this kid is yours, by the way. He's like, what? And she's like, goodbye. And so he's like, oh, I'm too good a guy. That kid does not look like me. But fuck it. I feel bad. I'll keep her. She sings a She could have had it all. (laughs) (laughs) So Rochester is badly maimed. He's almost completely blind. He loses a hand that's just like cut off at the stump. Hopefully not a it good had to one, be, though. It had to be amputated. And then so... By the same and, horse and, doctor. <laughs> probably. Uh, and Miss Fairfax is still there taking care of him, but it's really just like a burned-out husk of a building. And no, he's at, a, and they're at their own, They're at the other house he has. They're like, I could have kept her in my other shittier, uh, not less nice manner, but I have her in the attic here, so just because... So they all move to the shitty. She already has a nice pea corner here. Why would I deprive her of that? 
She's already marked her territory upstairs. Uh, this it's just more convenient for me to feed her the bucket of fish heads once a week here. <laughs> <laughs> She's a geek. Here, honey, open up. So Jane, like, finds goes to see him, and he's like, "Is that huh? who? Am I? <laughs> am I hallucinating? Is Marco. that you, Jane?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that you? It's like, yes, it's you. I dreamed of you, but actually, I'm I now kind of rich lady. Well, I gotta hand it to you, Jane. <laughs> I can see that. Guess where I am? I uh, I can't. I'm stumped. <laughs> you know, I've had my eye on you all this time. <laughs> I didn't know it. <laughs> I really got into fingering. That's gonna be a problem. Um. Not for me. <laughs> and they decide after a couple of days, yes, let's get married anyway. Now that your other wife is dead, <laughs> conveniently. <laughs> well, if, if, really, if it weren't for the heart, for the, uh, the fire, the heart disease would have gotten her quickly because she was so rotund, apparently. And as I mentioned, the all fish head diet is not very healthy. <laughs> it's a lot of, it's a lot of uh, vitamin A and <laughs> omega 3s. <laughs> Too many. Too well, those are fat soluble, like those are the vit- oh. vitamin A. Yeah. She was entirely soluble. That's why she exploded in the fire. <laughs> it's like a water balloon. <laughs> oh, grease. So she's like, let's get married now that you have no eyes, one hand burns all over your face. Luckily, your massive head saves you from the fire. <laughs> Couldn't burn all that meat away. That's got you back down to an eight and three quarters fitted cap, though. So, you know, that's pretty, that's, things are looking up. <laughs> and so they get married, and a very at the very end, he's starting to get his sight back a little bit. It's a miracle, and the end. And she goes to bring Adele back from school. She's like, "Oh, this is too much work. Let's send her to a different school." <laughs> and she has. They have a kid, right? They have their own kid that he got somehow in her. Even even though he's, I guess his his other head didn't burn off. <laughs> he was clearly faking it. He had like one good eye the whole time, and he was playing a long con. He's like, she's like, that's the wrong hole, and he was like, <laughs> I couldn't tell. Forgive me. Uh, uh, and the whole and the whole like last page dedicated to all the sad you know letters that uh, her attempted cousin fucker sent her. About how holy he is. He's like, I never fucked anyone else. Just wanted to fuck you, cuz. <laughs> but isn't he like dying there? <laughs> he's like, no, he's 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 doing fine. He's just he's just like jacking it, thinking of his cousin. For she decades. is exceedingly plain, you know. <laughs> but she's a white lady, and he's a British man of aristocracy, surrounded by brown people. So he's like, God damn it, God, yeah. the only white lady, the last white lady I saw. That's all I could think about. How Jesus would have wanted. Because he still got eyes and two hands. And one of those hands is very calloused. Uh, so that's the end of the book. The uh, message, of course, at the end is, it is better to be an independent woman and, you know, marry a decrepit, maimed man than, than to, to marry the same man when you're not wealthy. That somehow is the lesson that I got. Is out. that the lesson? It's what she decides. She's like, I can't marry this guy. He's like hiding some shit and he's rich and I'm poor. And then it's like, oh, that... That secret took care of itself, and now we're both rich, but he's fucked up. Good enough. And then they get together. The end. 
So I read this in high school. Well, yeah, in, well, it was a, it was a new release. Grade. <laughs> <laughs> I read this in 11th grade, and I remember it must have been in comparison to the other books we read. I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. I was really like, this is okay, I guess. Maybe because I finally fucking understood something after... Because I'm pretty sure the book I read just before this in that same class was Ivanhoe by Walter Scott, which is fucking terrible. So, And I was like, oh, this is in much longer. Which so was anyway, also this, the secret that Mr. Rochester has. Like, Ivanhoe, up, <laughs> up in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my my recollection was that this was actually okay, but reading it now, no, it was not okay. This was a slog. It was way too long. It was so annoying, though still not as bad as Sense and Sensibility. That was worse. I blocked that one out. This one was. It was still like pretty stupid. I'm just tired of this entire genre of chick books. It's not even like chick books. It's like books from like this, you know, century where it's like people, it's like a young lady is trying to find a husband and this guy is kind of a dick, but then they see past their problems by the end and then they get married and everyone's happy and their families are united. They always tie up really neatly in a very artificial way. And you're like, oh, really? Is that really? I mean, maybe that's just how it fucking worked back then. I don't know. But it does. The whole genre is dumb. So this book, I could see why this book is important or like historically important because it's, it's titled the like Jane Eyre and autobiography or something like that. Right. It was the original title mm-hmm. and it's a fictional one, of course, but like, I don't think they ever pretended to be, I mean, maybe, maybe they vaguely pretended, but everyone knew it was fake, but it's like one of the first books to be uh, a coming of age tale from the perspective of a female character. Because even the Jane Austen books, they're kind of like a shorter period of time. They don't throw off as kids. Yeah, this one's like from age 10 to 20-something. So you really... And you see her in these different chapters of her life, and it's like a traditional coming-of-age tale. And it's one of the first books in English to do that about a female character, not a male character. So it's... And then when you find out later, it was actually written by a woman. Like, no... Oh, my God. It's asserting... That, you know, the female life is also worth examining, you know, like, because every other book is just like, here's what, here's the thing a man did, and it was cool, and then the women characters don't matter, and in this book, it's like, here's the thing a woman did, and the women characters don't matter, but it doesn't, like, it's still, it's like a major step towards whatever, you want equality or whatever, that didn't exist before, so I could see why that's important. And if you're a student student of literature, certainly a student of like women writers, this is an important book. It was a, a huge achievement for its time, undoubtedly. But it sucks now. It does suck now. It's just boring. It's just I don't know. It's it's it is you know it's very flowery. It's nicely written. There's too much of it, but that's kind of typical of the time and the style. But it's just I don't know. It's just it. I'd say, I don't know if this would be considered particularly feminist today. I'm not, I'm not the one to judge that, but I don't know. It's still like just about a girl who wants to get married. Though by the end she says, I'm not going to get married, but immediately marries the guy now that he's got no eyes. I think it's also just like 
one of the earlier first person novels in general. So that's also like that's dependent, uh, independent rather of uh, gender. So I could see why it's in, you know historically an important thing, but it really, it really, I mean, not the first, but the first like popular one, the first one that's like a classic. Like mm. I, I don't know of not too many more. I'm sure there are others, but I think it's like really important in that sense of like that's what I thought about the book. That's like the one one of the things I knew. Like I think it's not what that book did. Not why I should I'm supposed to give a fuck about that book. Personally, it's not a good enough reason to give a fuck about that book. But it's you know if you're if you're in a literature program getting your master's degree or something like that you should care and you'll probably yeah but it's just a fun book to read no 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 it was not fun to read definitely not so what was wrong with you in in high school you were just stupid i think (laughs) the other shit we read was also terrible i also didn't try and read it in a week i think i had at least probably a month or so And so it didn't feel like such a rush to get through these long, boring sections because it'd be just like a chapter or two at a time. Yeah, that probably helps. Did it help, Nate, that you thought Charlotte Bronte was hot and you thought you had a chance with her? That <laughs> 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 she was a young up-and-coming writer at the time. <laughs> of robust countenance. <laughs> and there are, an inter- there, there are other interesting things about the book in the like, talking about the book or thinking about the book. Like... Jane is as a character, like as a as a child, everybody's like, You suck, kid. You are the worst kid ever. And then she goes to the place with the nice teacher who's like, No, you're a great kid. I you're not a liar. It has been proven to me by asking a footman or something. By asking a man. Well, yeah. I mean there is <laughs> there's definitely sexist a million sexist things in the book. But <laughs> then then under that guidance of the adult that's kind and considerate to her and firm you know, but, but, you know, firm, but kind adult, Jane is wildly successful in the things she tries to do, which is to become a teacher and a governess. She's like really good at it. And there's something there about education. And like at this time, like I'm sure school was like, and you get beaten when you get things wrong. Like that was, that was mentioned like the girls were getting whipped in the neck with a stick. Yeah. With like a cat of nine tails. (laughs) Kidding. Yeah, yeah, it's time, slatternly Helen, and she had to unbutton the top of her dress to get whipped on the freaking cervical vertebra. But her, but I guess there's something autobiographical there, right? Because uh, the Bronte's father, she went to a school like that, yeah. Actually, had like wildly radical ideas about education at the time. Like maybe you don't just beat the fuck out of kids, and you are like let them do fun stuff, and they're nice to them. You know, there's something. What in- are you French? And feed them more than <laughs> porridge. Burnt porridge. That's how you toughen the soul. How else will they spend eternity in purgatory if they haven't used the burnt porridge? <laughs> you know, so there's something interesting about that, um, I guess. It's just uh, it's just not interesting to read it. Who should read it? If you're like a big, I don't know, Jane Austen fan. Mm. I thought Pride and Prejudice was much better than this. Much better. Yeah. Pride and Prejudice. It was. Yeah. And you did not like that. No. <laughs> It was all right. You you didn't know. Yeah, it was it was okay. I, I you know what? I read Pride and Prejudice for the same class. Your but I read that first. was a monster. So <laughs> like, let me stamp the joy of reading out of these children. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, if if you liked Jane Austen, then the Bronte sisters, I imagine, I can't believe it's not Jane Austen, and you'll enjoy that. The Wuthering Heights is supposed to be like a uh, like a satire book, isn't it? Like like a satire of gothic novels. 
Where it's like, there's no. a spooky ghost, and it's like, oh, it's just a window. That's North like, that's, that's that's Jane Austen, Northanger Abbey says that. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. That was close. It's a dumb British name place. Totally. <laughs> Whoopsie, I confused the other British female writer from the time. <laughs> I mean, I guess part of it is like, you know, it's, you kind of can't just read only dudes from England and call that all of literature before 1970. I think a lot of the books by dudes from this time also sucks. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's not a gendered thing. It's all boring. Yeah, it's just, it's, they got paid by the fucking word. I think when they, especially once they got to the age of serial novels and stuff like that. It's like, it was to their benefit to be verbose. And no one had anything else to do. Was there, were there any from this era that we read that we liked? I really can't remember. I liked the Scarlet Letter. That's American, but still, it's around this time. It's similar, similar wordiness, though, and similar creepy children that talk like adults. I like the... We haven't done it on the podcast, but I did enjoy A Tale of Two Cities. That's also... I mean, it's like 30 years later okay, than this, yeah. but it's still the same kind of shit. Yeah. I mean, it, all, it also... A big part of it depends on, like, how you're reading it. It probably did not help, as Nate pointed out, that we were trying to read this fast. I think it would have still been pretty boring. Yeah, but, like, at least then I could, like, read a little bit, like, fucking, let me go do anything else in the world right now. Let me yeah. go fucking just fist myself, and then, <laughs> and then this book won't feel so bad. <laughs> and then, like, all right, I'm on the toilet now, shooting blood. Let me go read a little bit. Living the dream. <laughs> but it was, you know, I guess in a, you know, a, a classroom might be the place to read it. Now that I think about it, you know, you read two chapters tonight, which is like 15 minutes. It's really not a lot of reading time. And then... You could talk about it, like, oh, why did the character do that? What do you think this line means? Let's look up the 400 obscure vocabulary words in this chapter. <laughs> I got a pretty good vocabulary, I think. There were tons of words in this I was looking up in the beginning, and later on I was like, I don't care. I just don't care. I don't need to know what that means. It's not a word anyone uses anymore. And if I start using it, I'm going to look like the biggest tool. I don't need to know what With it a means. a massive head. <laughs> so who should read it? Is it really just like... People who love this genre and students, is that what we're saying? If you like the genre, of course, yeah. But if you like the genre, you're Or no one. <laughs> yeah. I think if it was inflicted you upon you in school, like, okay, great, you read it. You don't need to read it, though. No. If you made it this far in life without reading it, you're good. You're just, just fine. I agree. All right, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And if you want to support the podcast, head over to patreon.com slash drunkguysbookclub or just leave us a review wherever you are listening. Or go tell someone before they lock, get locked up in an attic to check out the podcast. And you can also join us on Goodreads and talk about books that are this one and also other books and also this one. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.